morning by asking you a question, and here is the question. The question is this. Why did you come to church this morning? Okay? Why did you come to church this morning? Now, for some of you, the reason you came is because you come every Sunday. It's a normal habit for you to do this. And so you come every single week. It's just the way it is. If the doors are open, you know, I come. Now, for others of you, uh, you came because you heard we were meeting at the city. And what you wanted to find out was whether or not this place was going to be cool or not. And uh, hopefully you've enjoyed it so far. Now, for others of you, you came because one reason. Someone dragged you here, okay? We saw your hill prints coming all across the parking lot, uh-huh, and uh, you got here, but you're here now, and uh, you don't want to be here, but you're here. There were some new people that were here in the first celebration. They were sitting over in this area. I saw them. They got an orange bag afterwards, and you could tell the husband was not so excited that he was here, but later on, he was okay, all right? So it could get better. I'm not saying that it will, but it could get better, okay? Now, for others of you, uh, you're here because you're dating a jarhead right now. And you thought that if you came to church, it would like up the game of you being able to, you know, go a little further in that relationship. So don't think that I don't know some of your reasons why you're here. Now, I think the truth is, though, that for all of us, I think there is one reason why we're all here, and that's what I want to talk about today. The reason I'm in church today, and the reason that I come each Sunday, is because I want to experience a touch from God. That the reason I'm in this space and place is because I want to be touched by God. In fact, I believe that if you look deep down in your heart uh, to the hardest places, you might say, the reason that I come to church really, truly is, is because I want to be touched by God. And so this kind of leads us to our big idea this morning, and you can fill this out or do it on your app. Uh, as well, or our app as well, and it's this, that God desires to touch our lives every Sunday. God desires to touch your life every Sunday. Now we know that God wants to touch our lives every single day. He wants to touch our lives every moment if we be open. But on Sunday especially, when we come together as a gathered body, God really does desire to touch our lives. Now, I realize that it's very difficult to describe this. Um, it's hard to understand exactly what does a touch from God really look like. Because it happens differently. But let me ask you this question this morning. Have you ever been to a church celebration in your entire life in which you were touched by God. Just raise your hand. If you've ever in your entire life ever been in a church celebration where you're touched by God. Yeah, almost every single hand. You see, all of us want to have an experience where we're touched by the one who created us. 
Now let me push into this a little bit more. What do you hope will happen when you take the time to invite your friends and family and coworkers and neighbors who are far from God and you invite them for the very first time and you take the risk to walk across the room and you don't know if you're going to be rejected or not because you've been rejected seven or ten times before and then all of a sudden you walk across that room. What are you hoping will happen? I'm telling you what you're hoping. You're, you're hoping what will happen in their life is what will happen to you when you come to church. You hope that their life would be Touched by God. And then, after church, you go to lunch or you do something else with them, and there's this real sense, a real, real sense, that they come up to you and they're like, hey, thanks for inviting me, because when I came, there was something that, like, shifted. There was something that actually kind of changed in my life, and then you get a chance to talk to them about how God does that. That's part of His plan. He loves to touch people's lives, especially when they gather in community on Sunday. A couple of weeks ago, I invited a friend who had uh, come to church uh, multiple times. I've been reaching out to him, and uh, he's becoming more and more open to uh, Jesus and who Jesus is and what that looks like uh, for his life. And uh, as we were talking together uh, later in the week, he told me, he said, hey, he said, you know, Chris, when uh, you were talking, this was on the teaching that I had, hashtag relationships. You might remember that a few weeks ago. He said, when you made this statement, words are powerful. He said, there was just something that really affected me internally. He said, because I can remember my parents and adults in my life promising me different things, but they never came through. And every time that they would have words, would actually crush me because words were powerful. And as you were telling me that, I started thinking, words are powerful. And this is a guy that's really trying to seek God, to know God. And so he said, I started thinking about the story of Genesis at the beginning of the Bible. And I was reading it, and he said... You know, each of the days it actually says that God spoke, and then it was, and he said, and then I looked through the Bible, that every time that God spoke and he promised something, that he actually came through. And it, it made my life seem different, because even as a child, even though there were broken promises, God always kept his, and words are powerful. And something happened to me. And so we talked for another 15 minutes or so, and my friend was sharing all of this, and it just hit me that, you know what happened to my friend on that day? He was touched by God. He had a moment with God. You know, I love when I come to church and God touches me, but you and I have learned to like and love even more. When I invite people who are trying to learn the path of Christ, and they come and they get touched by God. Because there is nothing better than when that happens. And that's why I continue to pry. I'll uh, do whatever it takes to get them to try to come to church. I'll say, we'll take you to lunch. 
Uh, my neighbor I've invited multiple times. I invited him this week too. And I even told him, I said, we're meeting at the civic, man. You should try it different. You haven't been to the Y, so why don't you try this? You know? And uh, he said, yeah, I'll think about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, the truth is this, that all of us want to be touched by God. So for the rest of our time, I want to be as practical as I can to simply ask and answer this question. When and how is it most likely that it will happen, that you will be touched by God during church? When and how is it most likely that you will be touched by God when you meet on Sunday morning? When is it? Well, maybe it happens when you're walking across the parking lot. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's when you check your kids into dark kids. Maybe that's it. Maybe it happens when you're texting or Facebooking before church and you're trying to do that. Maybe it happens when you're doing it during the celebration. Don't think I don't see. Okay? It's over in a new place, folks. Don't, don't think I don't see what you're doing with your phones. Okay. Well, I want to share with you Kind of three things that I've experienced, and I think most people have experienced as well, um, when it comes to God touching them during a church celebration. And here's the first one. During the teaching time. During the actual teaching time, the sermon. Now, does anyone ever really get touched anymore during... The teaching time. You know, there are some authors that are out there right now that actually are saying, you know what, churches should do away with the teaching time. They should just get rid of sermons altogether. That they kind of, you know, they had their moment and we should get rid of them. And when I think about this, the first thing I think about is job security. <laughs> Because, you know, like, that's why I get paid, you know, partly, is that I get up here each Sunday and, and I say something that hopefully is worthy of you coming back the next week. You know, some of you think this is easy. Think about having a finals test every single week, okay? That's what I do for you, alright? Well, uh, the reality is, is that when I think about that people say we should get rid of it, this is what I think. They've forgotten history. Because for over 2,000 years, the way that the church has functioned is by somebody coming up, opening up the scripture, and teaching from it, and teaching from a perspective that would be open to the things of God. It's survived every single whim and wave of the culture for 2,000 years. And it survived all over the world, not just in the United States, but everywhere. I don't know why it is, folks, but for some reason, God chooses teaching times to actually touch people's lives. How many of you have ever been touched by God during a sermon or a teaching before? Raise your hand. I'm not saying here, I'm saying like at a better place, okay? Yeah, almost every hand. You know, there are a few things that actually can help you to be touched by God 
during a teaching. First of all, you could actually pray the night before. Not a long prayer, just a minute prayer, but you actually say, God, I'm going to church tomorrow. I'd like to be touched by God. And the person who's teaching, would you touch them in such a way that they would impact life? Or maybe if you forget the night before, when you're driving to church, in your car, you can just throw up a prayer. Or when you sit down right before the person gets up to actually start talking, that you could pray for them and they could actually be asked, God, would you use them in such a way that they would be touched by God? And I hope that you will. I hope that you would really take the time to begin the process of praying the night before or on the way or just before they get up to teach. And I hope you'll practice that. Because the reality is, if you think about it, folks, the responsibility is more on you and it's more on me than it is on the teacher on whether or not you're going to be touched by God. I mean, if I stand with my arms crossed and someone gets up to teach and I'm just like... Show me your stuff, teacher. Rock my world, reverend. I've got 18 minutes here, and then after that, I'm gone. i got things to do. Now, if I knew that, if I just crossed my arms and, and I knew that while I'm listening to the teaching, I'm not going to get much out of it. And here's confession time for me. I've been at different churches before where I walked in and something just didn't seem to ring so well for me, and I just totally ignored what the person was saying. And you know what happened? I left with a critical spirit and my heart was not touched. You know, throughout my life, there has been a different time, so where I've actually gone into a church and I've prayed before and I've asked the person to teach me something. Oh God, would you do something to help me get a touch from you while I listen to this? And God has touched my life. In fact, throughout my life, there have been some teaching, some sermons that have taken place in which I actually still remember to this day. One particular teaching sermon uh, took place in 1988 in St. Louis, uh, Missouri. And the title of the message, I'll never forget, was Keep On Keeping On. This pastor stood up in front of a couple of thousand people, and this is what he said. Have you ever felt like giving up? That's all he said. He, that was his first line. Have you ever felt like giving up? And I was on the cross-country team in high school at that time, and I thought to myself, I feel like giving up every single time I go to run. And no matter how far it is, I'm ready to give up. I'm the first one to be like, done, I don't want to do this anymore. And then he went on to say, I mean, no, no, no. Do you ever feel like giving up? Do you ever feel like throwing in the towel? And then he said this, keep on keeping on. And then he went on to say things like this. When your marriage is rocky, keep on keeping on. When you feel like you're not connecting with your boyfriend or girlfriend, keep on connect, keep on keeping on. When you lose your job, keep on keeping on. When you feel like you 
have nowhere to go. Keep on keeping on. When you feel like your kids have disappointed and failed you in such a way that you'll never have a relationship again, keep on keeping on. When you feel like you filed, uh, you have to file bankruptcy, keep on keeping on. When you want to quit school and be done, keep on keeping on. When you feel all depressed and discouraged and alone, Keep on keeping on. And then he said, when you've lost a loved one, whether it's from death or divorce or whatever, keep on keeping on. Because if you will keep on keeping on, God will be right beside you. For he has loved you. For he loves you. And he is with you. The pastor that gave that message was my dad. And when there are times in my life that I'm ready to give up the throw in the towel, or I feel alone, I feel discouraged. I often remember that message. Keep on keeping on, because God is with you. Folks, teaching matters. Like, it really matters. And it mattered so much that after Jesus died on a cross and rose again and then he ascended back to heaven and he said, hey, now the church, this is what I want you to do. I want you to teach. That's what the church did. They committed to that. In Acts chapter 2, the scripture says this. They joined with other believers in regular attendance at the apostles, what the fact? Teaching. You know, each and every week, folks, you get an opportunity to be inspired and to be challenged to have a touch from God as you come to church. And this has been going on for thousands of years. That's what the Acts 2 church was talking about. That each time that you come, there's an opportunity when the teaching is given for you to be touched by God. For you to simply say, God, would you bless the person that's teaching? Whoever it is, I can learn from anybody I learn. And then that there would be a touch from you. So the first thing is simply the teaching time is a way that we might be touched by God. Now, I'm pretty sure that that hasn't happened yet, but I'm still warming up. Okay? Just warming up. Alright, here's the second thing, the time that you're most likely to be touched by God. It is in a conversation with someone before or after church. In a conversation with someone before or after church. There are many times when someone speaks or someone has a conversation with you that God uses those moments to touch your life. One time I was at a church and they had this thing called an altar call. They had this big altar that was in the front of the stage and they said, if any of you would like prayer, you can come up to this altar. And so on this particular day, I uh, walked up and I wanted some prayer, but no one prayed for me. I just kind of prayed by myself. And then when I was done, I walked back to my seat, and I put my head on the pew, and I remember just kind of having a moment. And church ended, people had left, I figured I was all by myself, or at least I thought. And about that time, a guy walked up to me, and he said, hey, my name is Todd, are you okay? And I said, I am now. And he said, well, is there any way that I can help? Could I pray for you? And I was like, well, actually, no one prayed for me when I went forward. So, yeah, if you could pray with me, that'd be great. 
so he went ahead and he prayed. And this is the thing. I don't remember the prayer at all. But then after the prayer, he said, hey, would you like to go to lunch with me? And we went to lunch, and he had a conversation. And as Todd spoke, I was touched by God. And what's so cool is that we continue to build a friendship in which we've been friends for 20 years now. Scripture says this, Congenial conversation, what a pleasure. The right word at the right time, beautiful. Now the impact of a conversation can be so amazing if it's at the right time with the right heart. And with Ty, it was such a beautiful connection in my life because it was through that conversation that my life was touched by God. Now, this is the truth. Todd lives in Pennsylvania, and I only see him about once a year, if that. But on Tuesdays at 3 o'clock, he and I call each other on the phone, and we have a moment where we're able to connect with one another. And God has used those conversations multiple times to really impact our, my life. Many, many, many times where I've been touched by God because of a conversation that Todd and I had together. Now, let me contrast that with something that happened five years ago. My wife Jennifer was at a place where there was a weighty decision she had, whether or not she was going to leave where she had practiced medicine for 13 years. She loved the people, she loved the community, but was really feeling like God wanted her to move out of the way. And it weighed on her and it weighed on me. Because this is what we knew. When we made that decision, it was going to have a huge impact in our family's life. My daughter was six and my youngest daughter was four. And it was going to change our life. And during this whole time, she called me and I was at a church up in Chicago. And she called me one day, and she was weighed by this, and we were struggling with it together. And there were 7,000 people that was at this conference that I was at. Pastors and other church leaders, they're all around. And yet when I walked in, outside the greeters who greeted me, when I first walked through the doors, no one else ever even batted an eye toward me. And I'm feeling Jen's burden. I'm feeling the burden of what we're going to have to do. And there was some stuff going on at the church at the time. And I was feeling that too. And I was in this gigantic room of people. 7,000 Christ followers. Pastors. Church leaders. And I felt totally alone. I had no conversation. I, no one invited me to lunch. In fact, lunchtime they would give you a little... Uh, box lunch, and no one ever welcomed me anywhere, and I ate in my car during the whole conference. I was in a crowd of Christians, folks, with other people around, and yet I felt all alone. Have you ever been in a crowd before? A huge crowd of people before? And you feel totally alone? Have you ever had that experience where there's tons of people around you, even godly people, no one knows what you're going through, and you feel alone. In the first celebration, there was a woman that was sitting right over here. And after everything was done, I was getting ready to walk by, and she, I said, how are you doing? She goes, actually, not so great. She said, my son got arrested this week. In tears, she started coming down. 
And she felt alone until the point where she was able to have that conversation. Folks, it should never be that way. Not in that church, not in this church, not in any church. You know, I have no doubt that there have been people who've walked into the jar before and we weren't on our A game. And they walked in with a broken heart or some concern that they had. And they walked out of there and they felt alone. I mean, we're a loving church. We're a friendly church. We're an accepting church of many people. But the reality is sometimes people come in and they can feel like they're totally alone. I mean, the celebration ends. People file out. No conversation happens. No connection happens. No need is shared. No burden is bared. And folks, we have ways to do that. We have small groups. Five to 15 people that can be in a group and you can be a part of that. I'd encourage you to do that. Celebrate Recovery meets on Thursday. We have grief share that happens as well. And it's golden. All of those things are absolutely golden. When you're going through something that's really difficult and really tough, But please, 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 if you don't hear anything else, please listen to this. From now on, when you're sitting in a a chair, I want you to look down the row that you're on, or look at the row behind you, or in front of you, or the section that you're in. And for you to ask God, God, is there any person who's hurting or going through something that I can start a conversation with? And if God doesn't give you anything, don't go up to new people and freak them out, okay? But if he gives you something, you would actually go up and say, hey, how are you doing today? Just like that woman today, that's all I said. I said, how are you doing? And it just opened up a floodgate for her to be able to share. It doesn't have to be the way it was for me. Folks, people should never go to church like I did with 7,000 people around me. And I sat alone, and I ached alone, and I hurt alone, and I walked to the parking lot. It doesn't have to be that way. And as we go through this transition, and as we move into this new place, again, please, please, I'm telling you, Have eyes that are open to conversations around you so that you can help a need, that you can show Christ's love. Well, you might be touched by God through a teaching. You might be touched by God through a conversation. And then there's just one last way that you might be touched by God during a church celebration. And it is the worship and the music time. The worship and the music time. Scripture says this. Sing to God everyone and everything. And why? Because God is great. Well worth praise. Give thanks to God. He is good and his love what? What's the last two words? It never quits. His love never quits. You see, folks, when we do our singing and music time, it's truly a vertical relationship with God. We're honoring Him, we're worshiping Him, we're lifting Him up. It's a vertical kind of connection that we have. And I was thinking about it this week. The best way that I can explain it 
is that we worship and praise God and we lift his name up during music and worship. That kind of like one of those curly slides when you're a little kid, you know, and it's way up there, and you're kind of fearful what will come down because kids throw rocks and all kinds of stuff down when you're at the bottom. That as we kind of lift up our praise to God and we honor him in worship and music, that he kind of flows down his love to the bottom of the slide and we get to catch his amazing love that he has for you and for me. You know, folks, we are blessed to have some of the musicians and singers that we have in this church. And since the beginning of the dark, I've always known that singing and music, it's something that happens, that it stirs something within us, that we can actually be changed and touched by God in the midst of that. And Derek and the band, they do their best every single week to prepare and get ready. But let me tell you folks, they're not up here, and when we move to this stage, they're not up here to entertain you. They are here to escort you into the presence of God. They're like butlers who simply escort you into the presence of God. Some of you are like, I need a butler. Well, every Sunday you got butlers, okay? <laughs> and that's what their job is. They're to escort you into the presence of God. Because I really do believe that God can use their gifts to touch lives. I mean, the reason why we have drums and guitars, the reason that we do funny videos, the reason that we have interviews, the reason we have big props, the reason that we'll do anything and everything we can with the arts to be able to connect people is so that they would have a moment where they're actually touched by God. And so this week I was talking with Derek and I said, you know, the first kind of preview celebration that we have here, I want to pick a song that uh, has really touched my life and touched other people's lives. And I gave him a couple songs from the early days, and he said, no, we can't use those. <laughs> he said, they're bad songs. He said, no, I know them. I said, okay. So I started thinking a little bit more and praying about it. And then all of a sudden, this image came to me of a song that touched my life. I was sitting over here, uh, at the Y, uh, in this stage right kind of area. And while I was sitting there, the music started and everything was happening, and I started thinking in my mind, like, oh God, be with everybody. And that's what I do a lot of times. I'll pray that God's Spirit would touch your lives. And every single person who comes to church, that their life would actually be touched. And then I started thinking about the teaching. I, was, I remember distinctly kind of thinking, oh, well, I've got, you know, these particular points. I want to make sure that I say them well. And then about that time they were singing, and I just looked up, and the guy who was doing the PowerPoint at the time was a slide behind. And then all of a sudden I started getting frustrated. And I'm worried. I'm like, new people aren't going to come back if they can't actually know what people are singing because the slide isn't doing. And all of this is going on when all of a sudden these words started ringing out from the band. And these were the words. How he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. 
And all of a sudden it was like God's Spirit hit me and just said, Stop! I love you, Chris. Receive my love. And I'll never forget because I was sitting there, this doesn't happen. It's only happened a couple times since we've been to church. But I had such a weight of God's Spirit. And I just fell on my knees. And God didn't care about anything that was going on, whether the slides were going on, what I was going to teach on, anything else. He just wanted me to have a moment where I was touched by Him and I was loved by Him. And so this whole week, this is what I've been praying. Is that you guys would have a moment where you are touched by the love of God. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for your amazing love for us. And you look down from your curly slide of heaven. And every time that we lift ourselves up to you, you pour down your love to us. Thank you for that supernatural way, God, that you touch our lives. God, thank you for the way that you did that today in this place. Right now, I'd just like you to think about those three ways that God touches our lives during a celebration. And maybe just one of those, you need to go forward and face it. Maybe it's a teaching area. You need to humble yourself and really start saying, before I get there, I'm going to ask God, would you use that person who's teaching today to touch my life? God, touch me in the teaching. Maybe it's in having your eyes that are open to seeing the needs of the people who are sitting in a row or in a section. To be open and to invite them who are co-workers, neighbors, friends, to come, no matter how many times you're rejected, that those conversations before or after church, it might change their eternity. Maybe it's to get to church on time. The music comes and you kind of miss out on a little bit of it because you're not experiencing the fullness of what the band provided in that weekend. You can allow the musicians to open your heart to be touched by God. I don't know what area it is that you need to go forward in faith, but I pray that you might feel it today that one of those three this week you're going to work at. Now maybe you're here today for the very first time and you can't remember a time where you've been touched by God. Or you've drifted away and you can't remember the last time that you had a moment where God actually touched your life. So today, if you're ready for that, you're like, I need his touch. I need a relationship with God. I need him in my life. I need his forgiveness. I need his love. I need his grace. I want to turn away from what I've been doing. I want a newness of God in my life. And I invite you to just repeat this prayer after me. And we don't pray here at the the jar alone. We pray in unison. 
And so, one voice, but maybe today, this is the first time you've ever prayed, or you want a touch from God, and you're like, God, I'm ready to give my life to you for that. Just repeat after me. Heavenly Father, today I give my life completely to you. Jesus, save me from my sins. Make me brand new. Touch my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. So I have the power to serve you. To follow you. And to know you. My life is not my own. Today I give it to you. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Hey, let's give a hand up.
look in your section, God, is there anyone you want me to have a conversation with that might be a real connecting point? And then finally, that you would come and be on time and be able to listen to God through music and singing and see what happens. Because this is the truth. I believe that chapter 2 of the jar, which will be the next chapter, we're going to bring more glory to God and more lives will be changed and there will be greater impact in our community than we've ever had before. And you can celebrate that. If you want to pick up your chair and... Oh, Have a great week. Know that you're loved in this place. Thanks, everybody.